You are listening to The Stender with Rabbi Michael Knopf, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Rabbi Knopf, please visit MikeKnopf.com. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. I did want to talk a little bit about Sukkot tonight because it's the next holiday coming up and uh, traditionally uh, Jews will go right from Yom Kippur services, even right from break the fast and start to build their sukkahs. It's uh, traditionally the first ritual act that one is supposed to do after Yom Kippur is build their sukkah. There's an idea that we're supposed to connect Yom Kippur with Sukkot. More on that in just a second. Um, But Sukkot is on my mind uh, for that reason. And we have lots of things going on at the synagogue and been in the midst. This is the first year actually I've built, uh, since I was a kid, I mean, that I built my own sukkah um, at uh, my house because I always lived in apartments in places uh, where I couldn't build a sukkah. So uh, this is a, a, a cool new first experience with my family that I got to do this year. Um, and uh, we're at 3919 Hanover Avenue, so anybody can come and party in our hut uh, when you want. Sukkot, as I'll tell you in just a second, is uh, really supposed to be about togetherness. Um, but I was thinking about uh, Sukkot over the past couple of days, and I was reminded of this extraordinary story of the Israeli author Shai Agnon, who some of you know, some of you may have read, and when he was accepting, he's the only Israeli author ever to get the Nobel Prize for literature. And when he was in Sweden accepting the Nobel Prize, the the king of Sweden asked him, where are you from? And he said, well, I was born in Galicia, but I'm from Jerusalem. What Agnon remarks in that powerful statement is that no matter where any individual Jew is born, we're born in Galicia, we're born in France, we're born in Germany, we're born in Atlanta, we're born in Richmond, no matter where any individual Jew is from, we all actually come from the same place. We all emerge from the same soil. We all are born in the same context. And I was thinking about that statement as I was uh, starting to get ready to think about the four species of plants that Jews traditionally are supposed to take on Sukkot and hold together and wave around in all sorts of different directions. If you've never participated in the ritual, it's a wild scene. Uh, You take uh, a palm frond, a myrtle branch, a willow branch, and a citron, an etrog. You hold them all together and you shake them all about. Uh, And... uh, uh, Something that we take for granted in our time, those of us who participate in this ritual, is how easy and how accessible it is to get these four species of plants in a time where there is a modern sovereign state of Israel, when Jews are living in the land of Israel. But for most of Jewish history, uh, it was not the case. When Jews were living in Poland or Russia or Germany or France, uh, to get a palm frond in uh, September or October was probably no easy task. To get a citron fruit that grows in uh, arid climates like uh, the land of Israel was probably very complicated. And stories abound in medieval uh, European Jewish literature of whole communities that go through these incredible efforts and incredible lengths and incredible expense to try to procure one set of these four species of plants for the whole community to share on Sukkot. 
And we don't really do that so much today because everybody can just order it from Brooklyn and, we, we, and everything came from Israel. Actually, the, most of it comes from Egypt, but that's a whole other story. Um, but uh, we have good relations with Egypt, so there you go. Uh, land of Israel, state of Israel. Uh, and in just a, genera- a couple of generations ago, it was no easy feat to procure one of these sets of four species. And if you can put yourself in the mindset of being in one of those communities where a palm frond, a citron, a myrtle branch, willow branch, all these plants that came from the soil of the land of Israel or places like the land of Israel that it was incredibly hard to get. And then finally, finally, uh, come the holiday of Sukkot, come September, come October, you're able to take these plants in your hand, you're able to hold them, is a reminder that though I live in Poland, though I live in Russia, though I live in France, though I live in Richmond, I really am rooted back, I'm tied back to one place. And that one place is the same root, the same source that my fellow Jews who are holding the same plants in Galicia or in Egypt or in Spain, that they're all coming from that same place too. But what's even more remarkable about these four species of plants, uh, in addition to the fact that they tie us back to one place, is that these four different species that are very uh, distinct one from another all come from the same soil, all come from the same context, the same milieu. There's a very famous midrash, uh, a rabbinic commentary on these four species. And it talks about what each of them has uniquely from each other. It says that the citron, the etrog, has both taste and smell. It says that the lulav, the uh, uh, palm branch, uh, has uh, taste but no smell because it has uh, dates grow on it. It has taste but no smell. The myrtle branch has smell but no taste. And the willow branch has neither taste nor smell. And they say that these are all symbolic of different kinds of Jews that there are out there. There are Jews like the citron, like the etrog, that have both learning and good deeds. And there are Jews that have, uh, like the lulav, good deeds but no learning. And there are Jews that, like the willow branch, have uh, neither learning nor good deeds. And there are Jews, like the myrtle branch, that have uh, no good deeds but have learning. And the message of Sukkot is that all of these different kinds of Jews, all of the disparate sects and tribes and places and communities and lifestyles and ways of life and ethnicities and looks and clothing, all of those things, all of the beautiful diversity of the Jewish community is held together in one bundle, in one branch on this one holiday. All of which, in the mind of, especially of a person who goes through great effort to receive it and lives in a very distant place, comes together and reminds us that all of us, in all of our distinctness, in all of our beautiful diversity, emerges from the same source. Even in our, uh, in our diversity, we are united. Even in our diversity, we are bound together. We're bound together through shared culture. We're bound together through shared heritage. We're bound together through shared uh, origin. We're bound together through shared destiny. 
What's incredible about these four species is that the Torah tells us to have all four. You can't observe the commandment if one of them is missing. You have to have all of them together. And the message, I think, is that even as Jewish people are off in their own communities, their own places of living, their own ways of life, their own cultures, their own languages, their, their own ways of being, you can't have a Jewish people if any part of that diversity is missing. If any of that part of that diversity does not, on some fundamental level, see him or herself as being part of the larger collective and larger whole, as rooted in the same soil, as part of the same family, as coming from the same source. We have unity even as we don't have uniformity. And Sukkot is, at its core, the holiday of unity even without uniformity. It's part of the reason, I think, that we celebrate Sukkot right after Yom Kippur. Because Yom Kippur is all about our own sort of internal spiritual process, our own personal growth. I need personally, or for my family, the, the new year ahead. I want a year of life. I want a year of goodness. I'm pouring out my heart, my soul, uh, in the hopes of uh, having a, an inscription in the book of life. And not four days later, the tradition instructs us to leave the synagogue, to leave our particularity, to leave ourselves and gather all the people together symbolically with these four species, to gather all of our families and our communities together, either symbolically or really in the sukkah. We come from our particular synagogue, and we all go back outside three days later, four days later, into the sukkah, where we can all be together, where we can all be outside, where our diversity can be celebrated, but we can still come together in the same rootedness, in the same experience. The power of Sukkot, I think, is in its message of togetherness. Yom Kippur, you can observe. Yom Kippur will atone for you, even if you don't observe it at all. You don't fast, no big deal. Yom Kippur atones for you. Sukkot, however, you can't observe without those four plants together. You can't observe without holding them in one pile and shaking them around. And in the same way, the Jewish people... We can be off in our own uh, communities. We can uh, celebrate in our own ways, but at our core, on a fundamental level, if any one of us is missing from the collective whole in which we hold ourselves, then there is no Jewish people. And that is a tragedy. Shabbat Shalom.